Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Mind Body Musings podcast, and I'm your host, Maddie Moon. Welcome to episode 53 of the show. I'm excited for today's episode because I'm going to be talking about 10 dieting side effects that you're currently struggling with, the dieting obsession um, side effects that you don't have to be struggling with anymore, but you are. And I would like to help you come to some conclusions in this episode and help you make some game plans for moving forward. But a lot of this is just talking about some stuff that I went through and I have a feeling you're going through too. Before we jump into that, I have the review of the week. This one comes from Colton J. S. Uh, Um, He gives it five stars and says, Honest information. I look forward to each episode. Really makes you aware of how body image issues can hold you back from experiencing life. And she has wonderful insights on how to deal with them and be all you can be. Very motivating and great guest. Well, thank you so very much, Colton J. Sh. I think is how you say it. Um, This is an older review, but I wanted to go ahead and put it on here because I really appreciate every single one of these reviews, no matter if they are old or if they are new. They all mean so much to me, and they all live in a folder in my Dropbox with all these reviews so that whenever I'm down, I have this little folder full of reviews and testimonies that will cheer me up and make my day and keep me going, make me realize that, you know, I I have a a passion and a purpose that's important in this world. And every time you let me know, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So jumping right into today's episode, a lot of these things are going to be intertwined with what we're going to be going over tomorrow in my webinar, How to Stop Obsessing Over Food, Dieting, and Exercise, Five Key Steps That You're Not Currently Doing. So that webinar is filling up. I do have a cap on it, but I've got a few more seats left. So if you do want to sign up for the webinar that I'll be having tomorrow at 7 p.m. MST, then go to maddiemoon.com slash webinar. I know that uh, a couple weeks ago I sent out an email about this and I accidentally had 7 a.m. MST and that was wrong. It is 7 p.m. MST on uh, June 11th, which is tomorrow. So 
I would love to have you in this webinar. This will be my second webinar, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm still quite new to webinars, but I'm having a blast with them and they're really fun to do. And last time I did one with um, Matt Stone, who is my mentor, my friend, an amazing, amazing person. But this time it'll just be me. And it'll be a lot of, uh, y'all can see my face, so I would say it's a lot of face-to-face, -face, but it's face-to screen. So <laughs> you can see my face, and I'll be talking, and I'll have also little cute little presentations. So it's going to be a good time, and I'm going to give you five key steps to um, stop obsessing over food. So I think it'll be really helpful, and this podcast episode is going to tie into that a bit. Um, also, I should mention that there will be a replay, so just make sure you sign up, because only the people that join um claim a spot we'll be able to get that replay so make sure that you sign up for that join us don't join us but sign up so that you can get the replay and watch it later yeah okay so on to today's episode 10 dieting side effects you're struggling with number one i bet you can guess what this one is it is obsession Sometimes when we get so focused and we get so laser, laser focused onto some particular thing that brings us this fleeting but also good feeling of control, we can get obsessed. It can be in our every single thought. Every time we wake up in the morning, we think about what we're going to have for breakfast, how many calories is going to be in breakfast, how many macros, are we going to do a high carb macro day or a low carb macro day, a high fat or high protein, we become obsessed with it. My mom said something that really stuck with me a long time ago. And anytime that I feel this way, I now can realize that it is not um, a good relationship that I have with something. But I remember telling her that I was so obsessed with my body image and, and food and it was a love-hate relationship. And she said, well, Maddie, I think that whenever something is a love-hate relationship, it becomes an idol. It's something that you love-hate. It controls your your every waking moment. It's an idol. And me, I don't want to have any idols like my body or like food. And I realized that whenever I say out loud, oh, it's a love-hate relationship, whether it's money or it's a business plan or it's food, if it is a love-hate relationship and it is an obsession, then it's an idol in your life. I don't know about you, but for some reason, I just don't feel like most of us want to have food and our bodies be our idols because, like I always say, they do turn to dust one day. So why are we spending so much time obsessing over something like our bodies when in reality we're the one person in the world that cares about them? We're wasting all of our precious time obsessing about something that nothing Nothing can, no one ever, no one else ever cares about it. And nothing with your, in regards to your body can ever make up for the other things in life that are worth living for. So when we're wasting our precious moments on this planet, thinking about food and calories, our life is going to slip through our fingers so fast. So one thing for you to really think about is, are you obsessing over your food? Are you obsessing over dieting? Are you obsessing over losing weight? If yes, then write that down and have that be something that's very clear in your mind that you want to stop obsessing about. You want to learn to let go. The second thing is food fears. When you're dieting, you're programmed to have food fears. You're programmed to think of foods as good, bad, on limits, off limits, inside your boundaries, outside your boundaries, cheat meal, clean eating. You start to categorize foods and create these stories with these foods. You create stories like, oh, chocolate, 
you know, remember that one time you binged on chocolate because you had been restricting it from your life for so long? Well, you you start to create these food fears in regards to this piece of chocolate because you have a story connected to it. So whenever we have these stories, we have food fears. I mean, it's inherent. It's, it's It's within us and it's not easy to let go of. My goal for you is to really think about what foods are you afraid of? What foods hold consequences in your head that are only up to you? They are not true. No food is inherently good or bad, but in your mind, you do believe there are certain foods that are good, that are bad. The third thing that dieting, a dieting side effect you're struggling with is relationships. Oh man, this one goes across the board in all kinds of relationships. Relationships with your kids, relationships with your parents, with your boyfriend, with your husband, with your sister, with your friends. Um, I plan to do a podcast about relationships through um, recovery before, during, and after recovery because I have been requested to do that and I think it would be an awesome podcast episode. So stay tuned for that one, but in the meantime... I just want you to know that relationships are one thing that can really get into trouble when you're obsessing with over your diet or you have these food fears or you're more concerned about your relationship with food than you are with your relationship with your husband because you start to believe that life is worth living only if you look a certain way or if you are not bloated or if you're eating a certain way. When in reality, your relationship is the reason for living. Love is the reason for living. Love is why we are here. And I'm not a woo-woo person, and I'm not going to get all hippy-dippy on you, but I do want to point out that just because, you know, I say love is the purpose of living doesn't mean you have to write it off as something woo-woo. Actually, in reality, it is very important to know how crucial love is to our our beings. I mean, we were created to love and to feel loved. And when we don't get that love in return, we give and we don't get it back, we start looking for other sources where we can experience that kind of feeling from, like food. So turning your focus from your relationship with food back to your relationship with people like you were as a child really does a lot of healing. So look towards your relationship with your family and your friends and your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your children and being a role model for them and providing them with that love that you know is so crucial for being a thriving human being. Um, you know, I think that for a lot of people when they get so scared of macronutrients or they get so scared of too much salt or too much sugar or processed foods and relationships truly do get in jeopardy because it's hard to carry a conversation when you're only thinking about one thing and then you're embarrassed about it and then you have shame one really awesome thing you can do right now today is open up to your partner or open up to your family about the struggle you're having and being vulnerable and saying listen This is something I'm dealing with and I would love to work through it together or I would love to have help knowing what direction to go in now. You know, talk to them about um, talking with me. You know, as a coach, this is one thing that I think is really important and I want all of my clients to have thriving relationships and to have a thriving relationship with their partner but also themselves. And this is huge. You know, people will spend hundreds of dollars on dieting products and supplements, but when it comes to actually healing the relationship with themselves, then they become a little bit more thrifty and they don't really think that they're worth spending money on or they don't think that they're, what they have to say or share is worth being heard, but that's not the truth. 
in order to have this thriving relationship with your partner, sometimes you need to talk with someone else or you need someone else to listen to you. So I think truly that once I finally began to open up my life to having relationships and I started to say to myself, you know what, my Tupperware meals that I have six times a day, they're not worth giving up having a beautiful relationship anymore. I'm open to the possibility of love and I'm open to the possibility of just having fun with my family now. Maybe I do think that a beer will bring, even if I don't truly, truly want this beer because of the taste, maybe this will bring a sense of community with my family if we all go out and have a drink together. You know, for the longest time, I, well, not the longest time, I'm only 23, but for, (laughs) since I was 21, um, you know, my family would want to go out for pizza and maybe get, have a glass of wine. My mom would have maybe one glass of wine. My sister would have a glass of wine. My dad would have a PBR. And then there I would be, um, clinking. We'd all have cheers, clink glasses, and I would have water because I would be too afraid of the calories. And I, I convinced myself I didn't really want to have that wine with them. Deep down, this was something that I did want. I did want to be a part of their cheers and I did want to be included and I did want to, put my relationship with my family more importantly than the salad on my plate, but I was so scared. And now I can honestly say I'm clinking and cheering with them. And after I have that wine, I move on. Or I have that beer, I move on. I don't focus on it. And I let it go because I'm focusing on the conversation we have in that dinner and how that dinner makes us feel and how beautiful it is that we have something like this to bring us together. So I know I spent a lot of time on that one, but I think it's really important to talk about that. Um, Number four is going to be mental blocks. Like I was saying, when you're so focused on your food, it's hard to have a relationship. But also beyond that, whenever you're so focused on your food, you have these mental blocks where you can't think or create or do or grow or thrive when you cannot get past that first step. You know, this, like like I've said before, having a food problem, it's more like a coping mechanism. When you feel pain, when you don't feel love, you run to something that helps you cope, like a food fear or a diet or um, a specific macronutrient that you think if you only eat that macronutrient, then you'll be the best human being ever. Um, So you cannot get past this way of thinking to move on to other things. So if you're so focused on eating six times a day, then you'll constantly be using your brain power to think about preparing the food, storing the food, taking the food where you're going, eating the food, cleaning up the food. All of those things take up so much time in your day and you're focusing on them so much that you don't have time to think about, well, what what is my purpose in life then? What, what else do I want to be doing with my life? How do I want to be spending my life? Or what is my special gift that I want to be sharing with the world? Um, you know, you just need to start creating this mental space, clarity, room by cutting out the things that are unnecessary. And, you know, the crazy thing is once you start to cut out those unnecessary things from your mind, your mind naturally doesn't want to spend that much time thinking about it and your body starts doing the work for you. And this is called intuition. Your intuition has been pushed away for so long that once you finally start focusing on other things, you know, 12 o'clock rolls around, you're like, oh, I got to eat. You know, my stomach is growling. What sounds good? Oh, I've got this food in the fridge. I'll eat it. And then you're full. And then you move on and you start creating something else again. You move on with your day. You start being that wife that you want to be or that husband you want to be. You start fulfilling your passion, your purpose, and your gift in this in this world because you f- 
finally have the brain power to do it. And then you can start really, you know, tapping into that intuition and seeing what foods make you feel best. But that's not where you jump to immediately. First of all, you just jump to opening up that mind space. And then soon enough, your intuition will come out to play and it'll be easier and easier. The next thing that, you know, I talk about this a lot. I'm sorry, you guys, if you're sick of me talking about this, but a dieting side effect you're struggling with is bloat and feeling gassy and like just like you don't want to go out and play because you're just like your stomach feels weighed down and you feel just tired and you don't want to have this problem anymore because you feel like the rest of the world doesn't have this problem. But in reality, a lot of people that are dieting have this problem or eating clean or having cheat meals because if you're eating clean, you have bloat. You know, if you're eating a cheat meal, you have bloat. If you're not eating enough calories, you have bloat. It seems like you just can't seem to win sometimes, right? The crazy, crazy thing is when you finally stop obsessing over your diet, then the bloat starts starts to go away. I don't always know what it contributes to, whether it's that you're not stressing anymore, so you're not eating in a hurried state. If you're eating too quickly, you can get bloat. If you're eating the same food over and over and over again, you can create sensitivities, which will, ha- which will cause bloat. Or if you're eating very harsh foods that are hard for your body to break down, then it'll cause some frustration in your tummy. All these different things can contribute to that, but once you start eating intuitively and just let it go, you're not stressed anymore. Your your stomach, your juices are flowing again, the acids that are required to break down certain foods. When you move on your with your day hap- happy, then you just don't concentrate on those those things anymore because you're so focused on other awesome things in this world. And naturally, it really does go away. Like the bloat, the gas, it goes away, honestly. It's a crazy thing to say, but yeah, it, it truly does. But you have to relax and let go. Number six, for the women out there, this is the no period thing. You know, we're all, you know this, this thing that we have to deal with when we're not eating enough food and our body has to conserve energy. I think I've explained this before, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it again. When you're dieting and you're cutting out food and you're eating less and you're exercising more, your body has to save energy where it can. Your body thinks, oh man, I'm not fed anymore. She's not eating enough to keep me thriving and full and fed. I've got to make sure we don't have a baby because we know we can't feed this baby. That is why the period stops and you are no longer fertile because your body is saying, I'm looking out for you. I've got your best intentions in mind. I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to have a sex drive anymore, basically. I'm not going to let you have a baby because I know you can't feed it because you can't even feed me. So when we're reversing this, that's when we start to rest more and to eat more because you want to give your body energy again so that it says, oh, we are fed. We do have calories. We we can thrive. She loves us. Let's have a baby. But that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And as I said with the Stephanie Ruper podcast that I had recently, as she said, I should say, she's so, so wise about all of this stuff. So definitely listen to that episode. If you have not yet, it is... Um, how I got my period back by eating a sandwich. So go listen to that. But one thing that we really talked about is how the more energy you put into your body, the faster you put into your body, the quicker you'll probably get your period back. But if you want to do a more gradual approach, which is what I did, then it'll take a little bit while longer for you to get your period back. And one really exciting thing that I want to mention because I'm stoked about it is that I recently had two clients in Body Freedom, my program, that got their periods back after five years, three years 
um, years and years of not having a period. They finally got their periods back by implementing a lot of the things that I talked about in Body Freedom. So it is possible. It is possible for you to do it. You just need to start implementing a lot of the things that I talk about on the show and in Body Freedom. If you're ready to get your period back, talk to me about joining Body Freedom and we can see how that can be best applied to your life so that you can become fertile again. You can have your sex drive back and you can rest more and eat foods that you actually love. The next one is sadder. It is hopelessness, that feeling of being hopeless because you keep putting on these standards for yourself of, well, I lost this much weight last week. Now I got to lose this much weight and I got to lose this much weight. And that cycle, whether it is not eating at all or whether it's obsessing over your calorie counting or it's binging and purging and trying to reach a weight loss goal just to reach a goal. There's no other motive besides reaching a goal. So let's say you reach that goal. Let's say that you lost the five pounds this week. What are you going to do then? I mean, do you feel like you're on cloud nine or by now after doing this week after week after month after year, you're tired and you're tired of these being your goals, but you need to give yourself permission to stop having these as your goals and create new goals. Once you finally start creating new goals that are actually bringing you self-worth and happiness and love, then weight loss no longer becomes the focus of your mind. Yes, but at the same time, your body also finds homeostasis. You don't have to work so hard to find homeostasis for your body. It will find it on its own. Stop thinking about it. But more importantly, stop feel, stop being so hopeless. You know, stop allowing your body to be hopeless. Stop reaching these goals only to realize, well, that doesn't feel as good as I thought it would, or that's not all that I expected it would be. Start filling your life with things that create hope in you, make you hopeful, give you gratitude and joy and make you thrive and excited to put your feet on the ground every morning when you get out of bed. Don't you want to feel alive and love and joy and carbs? Yes. So the next one will be a lack of energy. I certainly know this one, and I'm sure a lot of you do. There, there, I mean, sometimes, sometimes when you are dieting, you feel full of energy. That, my friends, is called stress. That is your body running on stress. Go, 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 go. And you're like, wow, I'm eating 500 less calories than I usually do, and I feel alive and full of energy. That will end whether it's in your mind or it's physically, that will end at some point. Sometimes for some bodies, I mean, everybody's different. Your stress can keep going for months and you can just feel like full of energy. You're waking up earlier. You're bouncing off the walls. That is stress, my friends. That is not feeling rested. Um, eventually, though, that does catch up to you. You know that feeling where you know the feeling when you just feel like you got hit by a train? And I'm not talking about a hangover. I'm just talking about you're waking up in the morning, you just feel tired. That, my friends, is called recovery. That is when your body is saying, we need to relax. We need to rest. And I have some clients that definitely come to me and say, Maddie, I feel really, really tired. I feel exhausted. This can't be healthy. Actually, that's called resting. That is called recovery. That is called healing. Your body is saying, I've had enough. I need to rest. Sometimes that can be after you've done years of cardio and your body is finally get given that time away from cardio to recover. You got to stick it through. You got to wait it out. You got to let your body do what it needs to do. And you have to be the one to give yourself permission. No one else is going to say, yeah, I'll give you permission. Hum, I knight you, the girl of recovery and rest. No one is going to do that. 
No one. I mean, some people can. Coaches can do that. But for the most part, you have to make the decision and say, my body is telling me something I need to listen. So if you are feeling a lack of energy and you're not on that high stress and you immediately just go to a lack of energy, maybe you need to rest as well. For me, when I was dieting extensively, I felt stressed and that was like a full burst of energy and then lack of energy caught up to me. And that was my body saying, rest, please rest. But I didn't listen to it. I was juggling four jobs at a time, all these different freelance projects, trying to start my own business, but I was doing it the fitness diet route, and I was just not being healthy, and I was not filling my mind with uh, the nutrients I needed, and I was not resting. I was not giving myself rest, so I was walking through my day-to-day life tired and lethargic and exhausted, but I wasn't listening as much as my body was saying rest. I kept saying, well, no one else on Instagram is resting, so I'm not going to rest. I see all those those little quotes on Pinterest that say, the only rest I take is the one that I earned, and it shows a girl like in a with her abs and her sports bra and sweating and kickboxing. I was like, yeah, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, no, no, not not at all. I was actually exhausted, and I needed the rest, but I wouldn't let myself give it because I was still filling my mind with that, with those messages of um, fitness equals leanness, and that was so unhealthy. So that's you. Really take note of it. Take note of what your body is saying. Number nine, when you are dieting a lot extensively for long periods of times and you are starting to live to eat you are living to control eating and there's nothing wrong with living to eat food is great food is fuel food is love food is energy food is food it's all those wonderful things but when you are living to eat that cultivates the mindset that you're supposed to be thinking about food all the time and you might be a clean eater saying eat to live don't live to eat, but you are still living to eat. Just because you say eat to live doesn't mean that that's what's going on in your mind. I know this because that was me. For a very long time, I was saying just eat to live. Food is only fuel. But because of the fact that I was so crazy about those quotes and crazy about clean eating and cheat meals and scheduling things, I was truly living to eat at that point of my life. I was truly consumed with food and thinking that food was my sole purpose of life. Why? Because my body was. It's never about the food. It's about the weight. It's about the body. It's about the control, the fear, the rejection. So for me, I was so consumed with food because I was so consumed with my body and having, you know, being lean and looking lean, having a certain percentage of body fat. So now that my purpose of living is to help others and to have this podcast and to write blog posts and to do videos and to have fun with marketing and creating my own business and my family and my boyfriend and all these wonderful things, I'm finding myself eating to live and I'm no longer living to eat. And it didn't happen because I necessarily decided one morning this is what's going to happen. It's because I started to focus on other things. If I had simply said, I'm no longer going to live to eat, I'm only going to eat to live, then it wouldn't have happened. I needed a purpose beyond food. I needed a purpose that was truly from my heart. And for me, that is what I'm doing today with my business. That my business has become something that is so truly special and important to me. And it's what I do every single day of my life now because I love it naturally I needed I realized this I needed food to fuel me and to make me feel really good 
so that I could have the energy to have consults and to create programs and all this stuff to write books. That's how it naturally went for me. And that's not for everyone, but that is one place to start, is looking for something that truly brings you joy and happiness to focus on that and watch the other stuff fall away. Okay, number 10. This one is very dear to my heart, um, and it is the word of the year for me, and that is surrendering. One of the side effects of dieting is refusing to surrender, to always put it on your shoulder to be the one to control, to be the one to guide the way your life goes. But truthfully, we cannot control almost anything in life. We are in control, but we cannot control life. Does that make sense? So what I mean by that is that we are in control of a lot of things in life, you know, all the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis, um, how we do eat, and that's why so often we become obsessed with the control because we can control that, who we spend our time with, um, you know, what we do in our free time, the kind of music we listen to, we're in control of those things. Those are easy things we can be in control of, but we are not able to control things that happen to us or always around us. We can put ourselves in situations, we can take ourselves out of situations, but not everything. And that is one of the hardest things for us human beings to grasp because we want to believe we are in control. We want to be in control. We don't want to think that at any moment our life can be taken away from us, our job can be taken away from us. We don't want to think that something tragic can happen to us. We, we don't know if something good is going to happen to us. We don't know if we're going to be, quote, okay. But we always are. We always are okay. But it the, the, thing, the point of this is that that's something we have to surrender to and say it's all right. It is all right that we are not in control of everything. All we can do is go throughout our day, live today, feel, be filled with joy today and happiness today and do what makes us feel best today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. On that note, I'm going to be including a link in the show notes to this to a podcast that I listened to today. And the podcast was about worry and surrendering. And I don't include podcasts in the show note to my podcast, like individual podcast. I mean, I'll have guests that are hosts, but not necessarily one uh, episode that I think is really impactful, but I'm going to be including uh, an episode to a podcast that I think was the most impactful podcast that I've listened to in a long time, and it's actually an episode of um, my church service two weeks ago, and I missed it, but my family went, and they were like, Madeline, you have to listen to this. It was on worry, and about giving up control, surrendering, and how pointless worry really is, and for me, I needed to hear that message and you may not be a Christian and you may not go to church and that is all fine but this message is still something that is going to leave you feeling good. It is going to leave you smiling. It is going to leave you feeling like the weight on your shoulders has finally been lifted so I really recommend you listen to this episode. I'd also love to hear your thoughts if you want to share your thoughts with me because I think it's really important and I think worrying and feeling like we have everything under control is something that we always have in our minds every single day and it's something I am working on and I would love to have some accountability partners with this as well because it is something that I'm struggling with and I struggle with a lot because I just want to control things but food used to be my method of control and now I try to focus on joy and love and happiness and focusing on those things 
and controlling my happiness and saying, I choose to be happy. Instead of I choose to go to a diet, it's I choose to be happy. So the last one, number 10, I think is the most important. Refusing to surrender. And, and it's the goal is to start surrendering. And think about the word surrender today. Just in moments where things happen in your life that you want to control and frustrate you and make you angry, surrender to it and choose happiness instead. So I want to leave you today thinking about a world your own world, what would it look like? What would your world look like if you no longer obsessed over one particular thing like a diet or you didn't fear any more foods or macronutrients and you had relationships and you had mental clarity and space in your mind and you had less bloat and you could walk around feeling good about your body and you were fertile and hopeful of having a family or just having a sex drive again. You're hopeful of dreams. You have boundless energy. You're eating to live. And you're surrendering to the unknown. What would that world look like to you? And how does that make you feel thinking about it? I want you to imagine this world. Close your eyes and just think about it for a few minutes. Picture yourself waking up in the morning and putting your feet on the ground and walking to your window and looking out and seeing the landscape in front of you or the, the sky rises, the buildings, whatever it is, wherever you are, imagine it. Imagine going throughout your day without the obsessions and without the fear. And instead feeling hopeful and, and loving and excited and surrendering. I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. I truly do hope that you go listen to that episode that I'll have on the show notes for this. You can go listen to it at maddiemoon.com slash mbm53. And last but not least, tomorrow's webinar is going to be a blast. We're going to be talking about um, five key steps for stop obsessing over food. So if you enjoyed this, I think you're going to enjoy that. And if you want to sign up for it and claim your spot, I think I have 50 seats left. You can do that by going to maddiemoon.com slash stop obsessing webinar. Um, so yeah, I hope that this was a fun episode for you and I'm really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks everyone for being such an awesome listener of the show and have an awesome rest of your day. See you guys.